Welcome back. This is the soft count. So when everyone thought the Deshaun Watson case had come to a close, the NFL appealed the six-game suspension handed down by the new appointed judge, and Roger Goodell is going to retake the power that he gave up and suspend him longer. I, <laughs> I don't really care anymore. I, I don't care what he does. Like I, no one's going to like be pissed at Roger Goodell except for the NFL Players Association and and the union and the and Deshaun Watson himself and Browns fans and shit. But who cares? It doesn't matter. The NFL always gets what they want. They they made this whole little kind of new scheme because people were mad that Roger Goodell didn't punish people harshly enough, like Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt and all these guys. Like they they, they didn't get harsh enough punishments, so they made this new thing with this judge and they put it in this court and they said, okay, fine, we've got this new system set up, and then they give a six game suspension and they're like, and everyone's pissed. So the NFL is like, God damn it, I guess we have to do it. And so they're going to suspend him. What's, what's funny about the whole case, though, is now there's going to be these appeals. Deshaun Watson may, may very well play week one. He might be able to play a few weeks before they suspend him for the rest of the year. It's going to get so messy. It's going to be so dumb. Recently, Aaron Rodgers has gone on the record as as a guy that's been taking DMT. And those of you who don't know that, it's a psychedelic. It's like the psychedelic. Uh, mushrooms, magic mushrooms, shit like that. That's psychedelic, but DMT is real psychedelic. And for him to be like openly admitting that like it's the reason he's... So, so first, let me preface this. I've heard what Aaron Rodgers is saying, I've heard lots of people say. I've, I've, there's been books on it. Like people write books about it. There's doctors that support what Aaron is saying in this aspect. I don't support what Aaron says about the vaccinations and shit like that. But when he talks about psychedelics, there's been a lot, a lot of studies, and initially done by our government with like Timothy Leary and like them, you know, telling him to stop eventually, and then he kept going. And you got all these guys that are kind of a part of that. But uh, it's been proven, like it can open your mind and and change your chemical, like the chemistry in your brain. You can become a happier person. Uh, There's been a lot of studies done on it. So I don't really, I don't think he's crazy. I think he's crazy for saying it out loud for what he does. It's more common in the artist world, right? I hear musicians say this a lot. Like they went to Joshua Tree and ate mushrooms and wrote their best album ever. And it's like, okay. And they did write their best album ever. And all that shit they did is true. Now, for Aaron, though, it's like you're playing football. You got little kids looking up to you. The NFL is like pretty anti-drug. Weed is becoming more like they don't even test for it now. But if they did, they'd find they'd have to like fine half the league. They'd fine them because that's the new thing is it's a fine, right? They don't even want to bring it up though because if they fine everybody, then the, then the world knows that the NFL players are all smoking weed. So they don't even fine them because they just don't want it. Now now they're all doing it and they're like willing to take the fine as opposed to like suspensions like Josh Gordon. And so now they don't even test them because then they would have to openly admit that all of the league is smoking weed and they're all willing to just pay the fine. So there's there's a lot of really weird shit about Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying this stuff, getting a wild tattoo and shit. Like, I kind of like him more now. <laughs> I've been an Aaron Rodgers hater. I've always thought of him as just some, like, fucking 
there's this like kind of sect of right wing people, and and Pat McAfee's a great example of this, right? They're like, they seem kind of like liberal dudes, but they're right wingers and they're conservative, but they've just got this whole like shtick, and everybody kind of likes them, kind of like Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan seems like, oh, I'm this unbiased dude that fucking moved to Texas to avoid paying taxes and voted for Donald Trump. Like, it's like all these people, but that's how I've always viewed Aaron Rodgers is like, he's just like this conservative right wing dude that kind of has long hair, but he still hangs out with Pat McAfee and they do their shit in Wyoming or wherever the fuck they live on the off season. I just never really thought of him as like a, a true artist. I've just always thought of him as kind of a fraud. But if what he's saying is true and he's out there doing DMT in South America on the off season and eating mushrooms on beaches so he can turn into the ocean and shit, like he's become my favorite fucking player in the NFL. Like I gotta buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe he said that shit. And I imagine it's true, you know. And now all of a sudden, I really like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> It's been fucking crazy week for football in the NFL, man. The stories that are rolling out for the NFL right now have nothing to do with football, obviously, because football hasn't started. Tonight's the first game, by the way. Those of you that are like, I wonder when the preseason starts. It's fucking tonight. The Raiders and the Jaguars, and I'm pretty sure Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence are not playing. It's the Hall of Fame game. And so, I mean, we'll be able to watch football tonight. I mean, you can fucking gamble on it tonight. The Raiders are minus 139. <laughs> we don't even know who the fuck is playing, and they're minus 139. It's like, oh, my God, the Raiders are going to lose by 20. You know, who knows? Who fucking knows? I can't wait, actually. I, I, I logged on to my gambling site of choice and saw that the game was on tonight and kind of giggled. I'm like, oh, my God, there's football on tonight. It's kind of good been a lot of stuff i mean the julio jones talk has been just nuts and obviously the deshaun watson talk has been nuts the, the i've heard i heard skip bayless yesterday or maybe even today this morning he was talking about julio getting like a thousand yards this year <laughs> the last time he had 600 yards was when he was in atlanta and most people forget he hasn't been in atlanta for several years right he's been in tennessee and you don't even remember and so yeah, I don't think he's going to make a difference at all. Once Chris Godwin's not hurt, he's hurt right now. But once he comes off of IR and they've got that Russell Gage guy, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, like there's not going to be any balls for Julio Jones. He's Plus, he just doesn't stay healthy. I cannot see a scenario where he plays 17 games and is the best wide out. I mean, I would imagine a guy like Chris Olave – is a, who's a rookie who's never caught a ball in the NFL would be far more valuable than Julio Jones. I just can't. I just haven't seen him do anything special in so long, and he's kind of the talk on the town on you know FS1 and ESPN, and I just don't get it. They're like, oh, that fucking weird trainer of Tom Brady's is gonna make him better. It's like, all right. Everyone's like, he did word wonders for, for Gronk. I'm like, yeah, he turned Gronk into a blocker for most of the season, and he caught a few balls in the offseason. Like, Gronk didn't do shit except, like, make Brady comfortable being where he was. Gronk is like Tom Brady's shield to the outside world. He makes him seem cooler than he is. 
He makes him more likable than he is. People like Gronk. He's fun. He's outgoing. He's friends with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's not Gronk. It's like when you're friends with somebody in high school who's really popular, but you're not, but like you're kind of just welcome because you're friends with this person. That's Tom. Tom's also ultra talented, but he just isn't a people person. He's clearly not a people person. You can watch him on the field. He is a fucking lunatic. Tom gets no bad press about being a fucking lunatic. Every single game, he is veins bursting in his fucking eyeballs while he's screaming at his own team. At his own team. And then if he starts arguing with the other team, don't even get me started, he'll fight everybody on the other team by himself. He is a lunatic. And everybody thinks of Tom as the statesman. Like Tom Brady, the statesman, the face of the NFL. He's gorgeous. He knows how to talk on the mic, and he does. He doesn't make mistakes on the mic. But when he's on the fucking football field... Like, when he got into that shit with Tyron Matthew and stuff, I mean, I bet he he says some horrible shit to these people. He is fucking crazy. I mean, I've seen him, like, kiss his sons with, like, while he's naked on a massage table and shit. I don't know. Just that dude is, like, on another fucking plane of existence. And uh, I don't think he has very many close friends, and Gronk makes him much more approachable. Been kind of keeping an eye on the news wire and a lot of rookies and even vets kind of getting kicked out of training camps right now for a day or so because of fights. The NFL, they're so concerned about their appearance that they don't really capitalize on what makes them so special. Like, if you were to watch these hard knocks, like, it's so heavily edited. Same with, I've got a lot of fans because I talk Formula One on here that watch Drive to Survive, hard knocks. I heard John Middlecoff being like, Hard Knocks is so vanilla, you don't really know anything. And then he talked about how Drive to Survive was like really back behind. And I'm like, Drive to Survive is totally fake. It's fake as Hard Knocks. Like, if you know anything about Formula One and then you watch Drive to Survive, you're like, what the fuck? I mean, it's fun and gets people that have never liked Formula One into it. But Hard Knocks is the same way. If you're a football fan and then you watch Hard Knocks, you're like, what the fuck? It's just, it's not realistic. A couple years ago, the NFL Network um, showed most of a scrimmage game between like the Cowboys and some other team that met up in the offseason. Or no, it was the Patriots and the Saints. I'm pretty sure those two teams used to meet up in the offseason. And the NFL Network showed up for a, a, a scrimmage game and, and pretty much televised the whole game, and it was fantastic. It was only like one camera on the sideline with a guy talking, but they just kept showing the game. They didn't go to other people at a desk it literally sat on this game the whole time and the camera angles weren't great but you could hear the guys talking to each other they were like it was fucking fantastic and you could hear guys getting angry at each other and it was just like i don't know like real it was real real the nfl doesn't do that anymore mostly because of like competitive edging and shit like that like coaches being like i don't want people to know what we're doing and all this other bullshit like they can't watch games of you doing what you always do all these coaches act like they're trying to hide their shit. And it's like, dude, there's only two or three coaches that are innovative and change every year. Andy Reid's one of them. Bill Belichick's one of them. Kyle Shanahan's one of them. The rest of the league has been running their same fucking playbooks for since since the beginning of time. Like, they don't innovate. Even Sean McVay has is basically – his team has looked fairly similar for the last – since he came into the league. I mean, it's mostly just like all these motions and people think he's fucking a genius. Like, look at all this motion. It's like, oh my God. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I've seen an arena football game before. It's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those. Anyway, I, I turn on the NFL Network these days, and it's it's not like that. It's like they go to a desk, they go to the field, they talk to a player. They show very little football, and so it's kind of a bummer. The, the NFL could really make some big time cash if they were to just capitalize and let people in, let people see it. They act like people are going to be scared by the language and the intensity, and it's like no, that's what is attractive about it. If I didn't like that, I'd go watch baseball. For fuck's sake. Like, I'm not going to church. I get that football's on Sunday, but damn. Miami Dolphins just lost a first-rounder for tampering with uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Anyway, they lose a first-round pick. And the owner gets, I think, fined like a million dollars. He's a billionaire, so whatever. (laughs) Like, who gives a shit? First-rounders for the Dolphins rarely work out anyway so who cares for them too like it's kind of a slap on the wrist it's not really a big deal I don't really care I think the Deshaun Watson thing is a much bigger deal I think the NFL appealing the this the Watson six game suspension is the right thing to do and I think if the NFL PA if they were smart they would they would they would back the NFL in this case no it's in no one's I don't I don't understand the support for Deshaun Watson in the last couple weeks my favorite, I told you guys the other day, like my favorite one was when they were like at the training camp on NFL Network and this fucking mid 30s white dude's like, just keep your nose to the ground, buddy. We got you. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. This dude raped women, allegedly. Uh, and you're, you're like, what the fuck? Like, you don't know this person. You don't personally know him. You can't vouch for him in any way. You only know the story, this rape allegation story, and his football acumen. Those are the two things you know about this guy. That's it. And you're, like, supporting him. It's like, I would just be quiet for a while and find out what the fuck. It's just like OJ. Like, after the after the OJ trial, like, he was found not guilty, right, or acquitted, or I don't know how it all f- played out. But then he got – then he went into uh, – so that was, like, in criminal court, right? And then he goes to civil court and loses. And so it's like, yeah, you're guilty, but we just couldn't quite – so we're just going to take all your money. But after all that has been finished, like, who's friends with OJ now? Nobody. And nobody supports him. There's no mid-30. Why? Because he'd already retired. He couldn't play anymore. And so nobody gave a shit about OJ Simpson. And they all thought he was guilty and a piece of shit and a murderer. There's not a white person on earth that doesn't think OJ Simpson is a murderer. You find me one white person that didn't grow up in a black neighborhood that thinks OJ Simpson is innocent. Hell, I don't even know any black folks that think O.J. Simpson's innocent. But my point being, if he could have still played football, all those white people that thought he that doesn't don't think he's innocent, they'd think he's innocent because he could play for their team still. Like same with Deshaun Watson. Like the guys out there supporting him, they're only supporting him because he can still play for the team that they root for. If he was older and wasn't in the NFL, everybody would want his head. But he's still got some game left, so they, you know, keep your nose to the ground, buddy. We got you. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Find out. Like, have ugh. when you hear these women talk and you hear what the judge actually said and you read the report, even the other NFL players, like Jacoby Brissett, they're like, this this fucking this uh, reporter asked Jacoby Brissett at the at the counter. They're like, hey, uh, 
did you read the report on Deshaun Watson? And he goes, no, I didn't read it. You know what I would have said if I were the report there? I would have, the reporter, I would have go, oh, okay, so you're just going for the head in the sand tactic, huh? Like, you you didn't read it. I, I don't care about 64 women. This Like, I don't care. What? This isn't like hearsay or some shit. This stuff, this is from a judge now. The report is from a federal judge that's been retired and appointed as the judge of the NFL. And ha- they have a report, and it's pretty fucking crazy. In fact, it's probably the craziest report to ever come out of the NFL. And the NFL has had guys like Lawrence Taylor, who smoked crack before games, who said that. He said it. He's also gone to prison for, like, child prostitution. Like, he was fucking a young kid. That that was, I'm not, that's not even allegedly. Like, he got caught in New York City. People love Lawrence Taylor. Love him. And and that judge is saying they've never seen anything as bad as this. And so Roger Goodell is going to be like, you can't play this year. He's going for indefinite. What they want, what they really, really want is for him to have to apply to get back into the NFL. And then they can, like a like a parole hearing. And then they can just keep hitting deny, 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 just like Josh Gordon. Deny, you're out until you're not really any good anymore. And if that happens, the Browns have traded three first-round picks and given away $230 million and never got a, even a single football play out of a player. you got to get Jimmy Haslam out of the league. He can't be an owner. Like, sorry. I mean, I get, what, what do you care what they do with their money? But damn, damn, that's bad. Reports out of Steelers camp is that Kenny Pickett is trash. He's not going to start. He's already like 26 years old. He's not going to start, and he's trash. And you took you took him first overall, or your, your, your first pick overall, you took him. And pretty much every quarterback was available, and you took Kenny Pickett. I don't think there's a quarterback in the draft. I think if there was one, it was the kid out of Cincinnati or the guy out of Liberty. And even and I wouldn't have taken either of them in the first round. Kenny Pickett is probably the third or fourth quarterback, and I, I don't think any of these guys are going to make it, really. I don't think the guys next year are going to make it, unless there's a guy like a Davis Mills down the draft that people just don't realize is going to be good. Davis Mills is interesting. Watch out for him in Texas this year. That guy was the number one high school player. He went to Stanford and was going to be the next Andrew Luck, and he got hurt really bad knee injury or some shit you know and a couple years went by and then I don't know he ended up playing a little bit of senior year and he got drafted he looked okay last year he's big and has a big arm but you might find some guys like that but I really don't believe that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be NFL quarterbacks at all like I don't when you hear CJ Stroud talk all you got to do is listen to him talk and you know he's not an NFL player Bryce Young has the mind he sounds like Russell Wilson or something, but he is really tiny. Unless he starts putting on pounds, like he will not make it. So, I don't know, man. A couple of dry years out of the quarterback positions. That's why guys like Deshaun Watson are getting crazy money and he can't even play. People will do anything to get a quarterback, including draft Kenny Pickett. So, LeBron James is eligible for his two year, uh, $97 million extension with the Lakers. And I don't think he's going to sign it. I think he's going to leave L.A. He's going to go somewhere else. I don't think he wants to play for the Lakers anymore. I know he loves L.A., and everybody's like, well, he loves L.A. 
Dude, when you play on an NBA team, you travel. There's 82 games, and you are on the road almost the whole season. You're flying around all the time. It like, doesn't matter where your house is because you're just fucking flying around all the time. NBA players don't even practice that much during the season. They play multiple games in a week. It's like fucking crazy, a crazy schedule, crazy lifestyle. And so LeBron's house can be in L.A., and he can play for, like, whatever fucking team he wants. It doesn't matter. The NFL is a little different because you spend an entire week and you practice at wherever you're, whatever team you're on. You're practicing all week long. You play one game every week. And so it really does matter where you're at if, if you want to live somewhere specifically. But, I mean, LeBron James is so rich, so powerful. He's got, he could have his own private jet. He can be home where at, when, at whatever point he wants. He can go home. He's a couple hours away from home always in a fucking – the kind of jet he can have. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing LeBron go back to Cleveland. That'd be cool. If he ended up in Miami, that'd be cool. I, anywhere else but L.A. would be cool. Seriously, any other team other than L.A. would be really cool. <laughs> That's like the only team I don't want to see him on. It has nothing to do with – like I literally think it's hurting the brand for him. It's like not it's not interesting being in LA. Everyone thinks LA Lakers are interesting. It's like it's not really. Like it's only interesting because LeBron's there. But if he were to leave, and they think they don't need him, they're like, "We're the Lakers. We don't need. We can go somewhere." LeBron. It's like you guys forget what it was like before LeBron got here. You guys were fucking awful, and nobody watched you, and nobody cared. And LeBron's kind of like losing some of that. I got here. People were excited vibe and it's like maybe I should just go somewhere else. He broke he broke some records and he just sat there and nobody even cheered like he over the years while he's been in LA, you know, he needs to go somewhere where people are pumped again. LA thinks they don't need him. Fine. LeBron go somewhere and show them that they do. I don't think there's going to be I don't think so let me bring this up real quick. Kevin Durant I think is is probably going to stay. I think everybody's just going to stay where they're at at this point. I know they want to trade Westbrook, but maybe a deal for Westbrook gets done, but I don't know. LeBron's playing it smart, though. If he stays, if he plays one more year, then he has all the power again. That's all he has to do. If he wants all the power back in his court, he's just got to play this this year and look good. If he comes out and balls this year, he'll be fine. He'll have all the power and leverage again. Bye. Bill Russell died at 88. I never watched Bill Russell play. I know he's an 11-time champion. I know he's one of the all-time greats. It was before my time. Uh, Vin Scully died again. Another dude. I mean, he was he was saying or uh, he was doing games until 2016. But I, I wasn't living in Los Angeles. He wasn't a national dude. And when he died, everybody's like, "Oh my God, he's this national thing." It's like, no, dude. If you didn't watch the Dodgers, then you don't really ever listen to Vin Scully. I get it. He did a couple. He did. He did some World Series, which was great. But the people that love Vin Scully are in Los Angeles and really nowhere else. Man, UFC's had the pedal to the metal, just event after event after event. And some of the events may not be as good as others, but they haven't taken a week off. It's every weekend throughout the summer, and it's awesome. It really brings some content to the table. It's really a um, the summer is a really open field for if you are in sports. Like, and Dana White knows that. And man, if they just weren't, if it wasn't, if they were just on regular TV, it'd be one of the biggest things in the world. One day MMA will probably be in the Olympics. I would think. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. This weekend, 
We've got Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos. That fight is going to be fucking awesome. The other thing that's crazy about this fight is Jamal Hill has been on such a tear, such a tear. He's minus 323 in this fight, and Tiago Santos is a fucking killer, and he's plus 235. That fight, it's the headliner on Saturday night. It's going to be a fucking... It'll be over in the first round, probably, actually. I'd like to say it would go a long time, but these two guys are probably going to kill each other in the first round. It's going to be awesome. On the card, uh, the the co-main events, uh, Vicente Luque and Jeffrey Neal, another really good fight. I think more of a pick They got Vicente Luque at minus 192. I'm not I'm not sold on him being the, that big of a favorite. He's a, he's a nice, uh, nice fighter. And then Mohamed Usman and Zach... Pauga, Pagua, I can't say that guy's name. Uh, Muhammad Usman's obviously an Usman. He's plus 200. I don't think he gets it done. All these guys that are related to other guys, I just they never seem to be as good as their counterparts. Sergey Spivak's fighting. He's minus 263. He's a, he's a fucking monster. Somehow, Sam Alvey's on the ticket. Smiling Sam at plus 420. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he's doing there, but he's back. And then the biggest favorite I've ever seen on a USC ticket is Terrence McKinney at minus 1,000 fighting Eric Gonzalez at plus 560. Terrence McKinney is fantastic. I would never say that. I would never, ever say he's not. But minus 1,000 is a boxing odds thing. The problem with UFC and odds like that, and this is why I always tell people, You circle the fight that's plus 400, minus 400, because they're always there, and you never bet on the favorite. But here's the reality. Boxing, almost every boxing match you watch, the odds are like minus 1,200, plus 1,200. And typically, you're betting on when the guy gets knocked out. But they're using bigger gloves. In the UFC, because the gloves are so small, I almost feel like there is never a minus 400 favorite, plus 400 favorite. Not really. Because the guy, like somebody can just get caught at any moment. It happens all the time. You can see somebody getting dominant. I mean, fuck. Last week, Amanda Nunes was beating the fucking life out of Juliana Pena. And then like at the very end of the fucking fourth or fifth round, Pena almost got an armbar and won the fight. And she was uh, at that point probably a plus 2,000 to be able to win, you know? So Terrence McKinney being minus a thousand before the fight starts, when these light gloves can just you can just get knocked out with one punch. I mean, fuck, I'm pretty sure I saw Terrence McKinney break his arm once already. That's a crazy odds. So I always just circle those fights. I tell people ahead of time, like, don't even ask me who I think is going to win. The odds are telling you who's going to win. What I'm telling you is, is occasionally those things are wrong, and there's no benefit to betting on Terrence McKinney. So I'll be betting against him. I'll be betting with Sam Alvey this weekend. Fuck it, you never know. You can't tell me Sam Alvey can't knock somebody out. He's got big arms and big fists and shit. He's a big boy. Even though he's a loser. <laughs> he's got some wins. So even though the the there's some really high-level shit this weekend, Jamal Hill, Tiago Santos, the Vicente Luque fight, those are all really high-level fights. And then the Terrence McKinney fight, that'll be a first-round banger. Stephanie Egger and uh, Myra Bruna uh, Bueno Silva, that, that's the first fight of the night. It's a pick em. That'll be a really good fight. There's some good shit on here. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. And um, we'll get our fight night pick The fights don't start till 7. There's not as many fights on the card. 
And so I just want to see everybody weigh in, see how they look. Should be a should be a sweet night. Make sure you hit the like and follow on Instagram if you're whatever platform you're listening on. Give me a review. It always, it really helps me out. If you got any questions, send them to the Soft Count Instagram. You'll see our little red logo on there. That's me. It's just me. You can message me. I'll read your questions on the air. If you hate me, let me know, and I'll read your your comment about me online. I haven't got any of those yet, but I'm still waiting. Should be funny. And, uh, yeah, let me know how it goes. Tomorrow, that new Predator movie comes out on Hulu. Prey. Going to check that out. I like the Predator series. I mean, really, I just like the first movie, and I like the movie that Robert Rodriguez did. All the other movies are trash, but I still watch them and like them, but they're not good. But the Adrian Brody and the Arnold one, those are both fucking killer, obviously. The second movie, I I, I mean, I love all of them, but those two are good. The rest of them, (laughs) I wouldn't make my wife watch the rest of them. Maybe I'll watch the first one, you know. This new movie, Prey, looks really interesting. It's got the uh, the director from the Cloverfield Lane series or whatever. And so it'll probably be like a visually stunning. Should be should be really sweet. Hit me up. Let me know how shit go is going. Hope to talk to you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>